Jenny Donheiser. And I'm Nicole Spezio. And this is and How this Are You Brainwashed? How Are You Brainwashed? It's a podcast where we deep dive into stuff that you learned when you were small and now when you're big, you know, is a lie. <laughs> yeah, it's a real size <laughs> podcast, real small to big journey. <laughs> what did you think was bad when you were small? Hi, Nicole. How's it going? I saw you were eating corn pizza. Talk to me about it. Did you make it or did you order it? I made it. I made my corn you pizza. You made? Absolutely. Wow. I, Walk- I went to my local's farmer's market and I said, <laughs> give me your best produce. And they said, here, take these corn husks. And then I ultimately put them on pizza dough. And I'm a chef and I love that. And I <laughs> that's what's going on. And now we're talking about it on the podcast. I made corn pizza. Is there a sauce? No, I, I, I went white. I did a little uh, olive oil base on the on the dough and then I put a little mozzi and then corn. Little spices. Wow, that sounds, that sounds like, nice. A little fresh corn pizza. It's we're coming to the end of corn season, so you gotta get in there. Leave us a comment with your favorite vegetable. <laughs> Should we see shucked in honor of your corn pizza? Um, sure. I'm open to that. Do Do you care about shucked? I support theater, so <laughs> I think probably the marketing is not great. I think you know, but people who saw it like it. So I think that yeah. if I were to see it, then I would probably like it. But the ads I'm getting, it's not making me super want to see it. Yeah. And I'm sorry to drag I... that marketing intern, but that's how I feel. <laughs> I wanted to go see the Atlantic play with all the women on Chase Lounges. And you guys said no. I don't know what you're referring to. There's a new Annie Baker play playing uh-huh. Atlantic. Okay. And the description, I'm going to read you the description. Okay. And you tell me if you want to go see it. Okay. But I've previously said no. You previously said no, but I'm going to see. Okay. If- Let's see if it changes. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Five women in Northern California sit outside on Chase lounges and philosophize. A surprisingly funny inquiry into the complexity of suffering and what it means to desire in a body that's failing you. What are your thoughts? Okay. I mean, this is my main thought with theater is it all comes down to how much are the tickets. Sure. Okay. I'll okay. say pretty much anything if the tickets are the right price, but what what's the right price? For this? <laughs> 49. Yeah. 49. 49 is max you would yeah. go. What do you think we oh. can get? 79? I don't know. I have to do a deep dive into what the worst tickets are like. Oh. Yeah, Atlantic has the back twenty-five. Okay, I'll keep I'll keep you posted on the back twenty-five, which they they do have. Do we have so, to be twenty-five so. years old, or it just costs no, twenty-five dollars? It's the last row. Yeah, that's why it's called back twenty-five. It's the last row of the theater. But at Atlantic, who cares? It's like it's a teeny. It's theater. an intimate space. Absolutely, I'll go. Yeah. I would, but does it cost twenty-five dollars? No, it just is. yes. Okay, great. Yeah, I, so then. Absolutely. For $25, I'll see pretty much anything. Okay. Wow. All right. Well, I'll keep you posted. <laughs> Five women in chaise lounges. I just love that description. I mean, obviously, it is our dream scenario. Yeah. And I love Annie Baker. Yeah. She's got a film coming out. Her first what? film. Nicole, you're about to shoot a film. Why don't we talk about that? Are you excited with our guests who we just had last week, Morgan Gould? Yes, I am so excited. I love to be acting more than any other thing. And so I'm going to be doing it. And I can't wait to act. (laughs) (laughs) But once once this short film can be seen, I'll tell all the listeners about it. Yeah. But for now, (laughs) we haven't shot it yet. (laughs) Okay. Do you like short films? Yeah, I guess. Do you like short stories? I don't like short stories. I don't like short stories. And I don't don't really like one acts. I don't really think I like sketches either. I like when things are a little bit longer. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we're too poor to make long things. I know, I know. But I do like when things are a little bit longer. How much can you really make me feel in 14 minutes? Not that much. I've seen some shorts that make me right, feel in that right. amount of time. But but not as many as real movies. <laughs> you, I thought you were one of those people that like to go see the Oscar-nominated shorts. Or Just, is that Ariel? No, uh, when I like to smoke weed, but I'm kind of over it. <laughs> and I was animated. Yeah, Animation exactly. can do it the best. Yeah, but say. yeah, and sometimes they really make me cry. Yeah, I mean, talk about any short film before a Pixar movie. That's... Sad cartoons. What a what a weird genre. 
<laughs> yeah, we should. What we really need to do is make a sad cartoon. That will really help us get this podcast <laughs> off the ground. <laughs> yeah, Jenny and Nicole make viral sad cartoon, become famous, and then people listen to the podcast. I need you to get famous so people will listen to the podcast. Yeah, I, I'm I'm working so hard. Um, I <laughs> unfortunately went to this is not unfortunate. I went to the beach this weekend. And our dear friend of the pod, who we also have to have on, Susan Casey, said oh, that at yes. some point she asked you before your wedding, who is the most famous person that's going to be at your wedding? And you said me. And I said, thought, <laughs> that's sad. <laughs> that's tough. Um, yeah. So, again, if anybody has a way for me to be famous, please reach out. Yeah. It would be great for the pod. <laughs> <laughs> Specifically. Uh, you know what else would be great for the pod? Our guest. Our guest. So we are, I'm literally thrilled right now to welcome this guest. We are honored to have writer and podcaster, host of, dare I say, one of my fave pods of all time, (laughs) Andy's Girls, and the newly released Taking It Personally. You can see her writing and work in the Daily Beast. I'm sorry, I've been featured on the Today Show, Vulture, Variety. <laughs> I can't wait. I, I also learned, went to school for musical theater, so maybe she'll grace us with that information. Ooh. Please welcome to the pod, Sarah Galley. Oh my God, what an introduction. <laughs> and thank you. This is going to be really helpful as an audio podcast, but I'm so excited that we made sure our outfits were at the same spiritual level. We're both wearing some bubblegum pink. Yes. Um, and I love that journey for us. Two out of three. And a, yeah. and a baby blue. I love it. We're just, we're Girl. finding our way today. It is guys. the summer we're of finding Barbie. Our way. We need to, this is what we so need to true. do. We yeah. do. I mean, I live in a land also known as Summer of Barbie. I actually really do want the Ken. You know, Barbie's like releasing Barbie and Ken dolls from the movie. And I feel like I'm like, one step behind by the fact that the only one I want is like Ken, Ken and Fur, I know. which is like not that's not the lesson one is supposed <laughs> to learn from the Barbie movie but it's just iconic it really is I know that's he like a, everyone's like give Ryan Gosling the Oscar I'm like did you watch the movie yes he was fun I get it but it's sort of not what we're doing right but like also give him okay, that's fine too both <laughs> things can be true I well, mean, he gender politics. It. We gotta talk about it. But yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh I want God. weird Barbie. Weird Barbie is really yeah. cute too. I've weird seen the Barbie weird Barbie doll. Very. Yeah, I don't know the price point of weird Barbie. I did think <laughs> Ken was overpriced. I but weird Barbie. If weird Barbie is the same price, weird Barbie is priceless. Honestly. <laughs> Wait, what's the price of the Ken doll? How much is it? I don't want to say it out loud, but I have sources have said that it is, in fact, 75 American dollars, 75 dollars in these United States. And I think it should be free, but (laughs) as some sort of public, like in the way that we used to get masks and COVID tests during the height of the pandemic, I think every American, every American gets a free well we get to decide who's worthy and i think our little holy trinity over here uh certainly is certainly is wow mattel really is gonna make so much goddamn money off this movie <laughs> so wild <laughs> they were like uh, make fun of us make it about feminism we don't care as long as we make 75 dollars off a goddamn doll that's crazy they're gonna make so because i don't know it's that's a good point because when you think of the revenue for the movie, obviously it's like a billion dollar movie, but then all this other shit, it's like the fucking doll. Like that's gonna be bajillions of. Do- I mean, it's the new Elmo at Christmas time shit, but for like grown ass adults. Yeah, that's where can. it's complicated, right? It's like yes, she got to make this cool feminist movie, but ultimately, who is benefiting from it at the end of the day? Yeah, it's, it's too late, you know. Everything's a little dirty. <laughs> it's like in. we can't get out cl- totally clean at this point. No, I know. No, and Ish. that's fine. Let's all be a little bit dirty. Yeah. Let's all be a little bit dirty. That's the moral. That's. The I moral. mean, I'm not saying I wouldn't do it. Or take all that evil doll money and make a movie and get a billion dollars. I'm not above it. So I applaud her fully. (laughs) And I love her. (laughs) And maybe I will buy a $75 weird Barbie. (laughs) 
I don't know. I, make my son play with it. Yes, Jenny's currently <laughs> pregnant. You got to get your upcoming son the weird Barbie. <laughs> oh, my God. Mazeltov. That's Thanks. so exciting. Thank you. <laughs> it's a wild time to be having a boy, but that's where we're at. Oh, oh and, my God. Yeah, will they be raised on bar- wow. on Barbie and Bravo? Yeah. And that's okay. We love. Yeah, thank God. We're into it. We're into it. (laughs) There are a couple good men on Bravo. Bobby Zarin, may his memory be a blessing. Yes. Captain Jason, it seems like uh, doing good stuff. Captain Jason, doing great, looking hot while doing it. I mean, phenomenal. Some tertiary housewife husbands I could think of. Absolutely. Totally. Yeah. Who's good? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I think that was sort of the list. That That was, we... Were you not listening? We just, we just went through it. We just went through the follows. That's the, it. The That's I guess it. Christian Siriano on uh, Project Runway. Phenomenal. Yep. And I'm a big fan. This is a little bit of a um, maybe niche, but Jonathan Schindler, Heather Thompson's husband. I mean, I the was hottest of the hot of. for me. Cutie yeah. patootie. For oh, okay. me, the hottest. Yeah. Heather Thompson's husband, John- yes. Jonathan yes. Schindler? A quiet man. That stands in the corner and lets his wife exist? <laughs> a dream. Wow, oh I've never heard him called hot before. I love that. Okay, where do you land in the hot husbands? What hot husband makes you feel tingly? Um, I mean, I think Mauricio is like, is or sure. was the, sure. the pick that a lot of people had. I don't know. There are so many off the top of my head. It's like there are so many kind of interesting husbands but a lot of them aren't that great and it's hard to define someone's attractiveness if you know they're a piece of shit you know yeah also for me eddie osefo so hot oh eddie osefo's oh, just oh, like a total oh, gentleman Wendy's. yes a total gentleman He's up just there. like a great partner super supportive seems to understand the humor of being inside this insane lunacy also known as the housewives of bravo universe i mean he's he's pretty great and easy on the eyes wow i'm literally racking my brain i'm like is anyone good everyone's really into emily from oc's husband no what are you talking about shane who's into shane what are you talking about Maybe on Bitch Sesh they're into Shane. People are into Shane's vibe because he's funny. No, people are into that Shane started as a piece of shit and then now and seems now to make little improved. jokes. But I don't think that they're like, <laughs> yeah, I got to fuck Shane. And and if you also want to, that is your journey and your piece. And I love that for you. But I don't think that's the narrative around Shane Simpson. 100% agree. <laughs> and I, I have an appreciation for Shane that I didn't before. And I think people had the right to criticize him at the beginning, but I think took it to an extreme, not helped by the fact that he seemed visibly uncomfortable filming. Right. And I think that hesitation mm. and sort of not understanding, understandably so, of what the universe of Housewives means when it comes to like filming and production and operations became a character flaw or it presented itself as him being especially shitty. Yes. And he was also shitty. So it was like this combination of a bunch of stuff that made him seem particularly terrible. And I think him getting more comfortable and us getting to know him better has benefited him a lot. And I really, really, I enjoy him. Yeah. Now he's just getting his nose hair waxed and he's smacking his (laughs) wife's ass and he's just a delight to have on camera. And he can take a criticism. When Emily's like, I need you to listen to me. And he's like, yeah. okay. I'm like, yes. what the fuck is that? Like, wh- since when do husbands listen to their wives on Housewives? Like, what? Right. Is, I, need a, I need a translator. What on earth? That's what I think is people are finding is attractive is that he actually has started to listen. Sad. <laughs> to and that's sad. <laughs> the bar is Okay. Low. I have a controversial, so controversial one. Okay. And uh, hear me out. Okay. I think... I think that if I was at a bar, seven months pregnant, I was at a bar and leisurely hanging out and Dr. Terry Dubrow bought me a drink. I think let him buy me a drink. I feel like he's kind of charming. <laughs> well, it's like, should buy I be committed? You a drink so- no, no, but buy you a drink so that you could eventually have sex with this man or buy you a drink because he's like <laughs> a good drink and he's a good gossip. Like, 
I bet yeah. Terry Dubrow is a great turtle time martini man. <laughs> like he can have some champs. He can drink whatever's left of that crate of Colette I wanted to buy like eight <laughs> years ago. Like he's a great dinner companion. I yes. bet he's great to sit next to at a dinner party. But you feel like you could. And this is no judgment. Save space. Your podcast, which I am guessing on for the very first time. Hashtag save space. But like, <laughs> would you like when it comes to hot, I think of like the idea of hot as in like, yeah, yeah. Okay. And that's okay. If, if you think her, God bless. I mean, Heather does. I guess when it Taste. came time to going back to this apartment, I'd probably be like apartment. apartment. <laughs> <laughs> His huge mansion. His 17 I mean, bathroom he owned, house. He owned, yeah, he owned the building and the block, and we still don't know why. But yes, yes, apartment. Definitely apartment. I would be like, I don't know. Okay, I do think Eddie Judge is hot. Sure. <laughs> okay, yeah, that's not, yeah, seems like a, honestly, they, Tamara has done such a turnaround when you think of Tamara, the Simon generation, and the ways that she has grown and become incredibly independent very successfully. and. Her partnership with Eddie, they've been married for, I think, 10 years or something nuts. Like, it's been 10 yeah. years, which yeah. is crazy to think of. Some, maybe not 10, but, like, something. It might be. Energetically 10. It might be 10. It was, I read something the other day, which <laughs> means it was awesome. totally true, and I'm <laughs> remembering perfectly. But I think it was kind of up there. I was pleasantly surprised to see it, because they seem like to have a great marriage, really, truly. Yeah, I agree. I, I can't imagine being married to Tamara, but, you know, God bless them and <laughs> to each their own. And it seems to be working. Yeah. I hope one day to be in the back of a limo and to be on film screaming at my husband, I want a divorce. <laughs> <laughs> that really is a powerful God. moment of television. And I do say it quite a lot. Even though I'm not interested in a divorce, I do just like to, I want a divorce. That's my opinion. She, Just a lot of Tamara going on in my house. The, she's so the powerful. episode where she so sprints, sprints in Thailand. Into the bush? Th oh, no. Oh, yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> she's just like, you'll never see me again. You will never see my face again. <laughs> Barefoot sprinting is yeah. Yeah. Her shoes. Yeah, one of the craziest things I've ever seen. One I of hope that to be my journey. I hope to be sprinting through a resort, <laughs> barefoot holding my heels. I love, love it. it. And I just want to say to all of our listeners, yeah, if you don't like Housewives, this is not the ep for you. And that's okay. <laughs> that's actually beautiful. And you can see us next week. <laughs> I was just listening, Sarah, to your breakdown of the Raquel Bethany episode, which I'm just like, okay, wow, smart. <laughs> Nicole and I talked about it yesterday and we were like... <laughs> Yeah, Raquel still to me reads dumb. And like that was our take. And you had such a smart, genuine look at her. But it's just Raquel to me on a psychological level. I can't get in there. I'm very confused as to what <laughs> what the diagnosis would be. What not that we we're not doctors. As we we're say, not almost doctors. every podcast, we're not doctors. Yeah. But do you think... Beyond her being maybe not smart, what would you classify as going on with her? I don't know that I would say she wasn't smart. I would mm -hmm. say that she might have okay. a different way of communicating. And mm -hmm. a lot of the sort of turmoil here, I think, begins with the fact that she doesn't know how to communicate with herself. So mm -hmm. if she's not necessarily letting people in, but she's behaving in a way that is going to affect the people who ostensibly seem to be close around her, it's going to frame a lot of her character. And I haven't recorded part two of Andy's Girls exploring the part two of the Bethany Rachel Mishigas, but I came out of that sort of troubled about the expectations for Rachel in having this sit down and kind of, I would call it a missed opportunity, but I'm sure in Bethany's eyes and probably Rachel's, it was a big success, not only because it's mm -hmm. putting pressure on the network for the things that Bethany and I now assume Rachel wants, but mm -hmm. also because obviously it's like the number one podcast, or at least was for a period of time, thanks to people listening or hate listening or whatever else. I, I don't know 
who Rachel is. I don't know that Rachel knows who she is. I think she has an idea of what morals look like in her life. She obviously feels that what happened over the course of the seven-month affair that she had with Sandoval and what happened with friendships as a result of that, she says, is sort of like the exception to the rule of her behavior and her character. So it's like... You're sort of at a a certain point taking someone at their word that they've learned their lesson, but we're not still really getting a sense of who she is. She's Mm -hmm. sort of banking, not, I don't mean that in a way that's intended to be critical, but she's sort of banking on us to remember who she was before the scan of all happened. She talks about that on the second part of like, you know, and people knew me as this kind of like quiet person, but stoic or whatever else. And I'm thinking like, we really didn't know you at all. Yeah. We, you were very quiet. You weren't right. participating. And, and that's all fine and good. But the unfortunate reality for her potentially or for viewers, depending on how you look at it, is like, Scandaval, Rachel, is, was really the introduction a lot of people had to getting to know her at more than a superficial level of just being someone who was there because of her relationship with James, but not necessarily participating in any group dynamics. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I don't know. I thought that this, the interview, the three or 1800 part interview <laughs> was going to be more of an introduction to who she is. And I think it was more an introduction into changes in how she talks about herself, which is different from, I don't yeah. know, personality politics. Have you listened? Did you say that you, have you listened to the second part of Bethany, not AG, which hasn't been recorded yet, but of the interview today? Did you say that you listened to it? Yes, I did. Did you listen, Nicole? I haven't listened yet, no. It's a lot. It's it's intense. What did yeah. you think in listening? I, you know, I'm coming around to really putting myself in her shoes, which is nice, which I think is what she is probably wanting to come out of this. I still obviously think that we're still missing a level of self-reflection on her part that I wish we were going deeper and that's probably a Bethany issue as well as someone who like doesn't know her has seen the show. But yeah, starting right off the bat, she talks about the Sheena assault, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. which I thought was interesting and also getting into the James assault of it all and how she thinks... Kristen is maybe being given like her own spinoff as hush money to not talk Talk about about what happened with James. So, you know, there is a lot of obviously so much problematic stuff happening in reality television that uh, is coming to light. Yeah. And she's a participant in some of it. I mean, she slept Mm -hmm. with her friend or acquaintance or LinkedIn (laughs) collaborators, (laughs) boyfriend who, who... They shared a house together, which she used to sleep with this man while her friend or acquaintance or good friend or dear friend or whomever was off grieving her grandmother's death out of town. I mean, it's like, you know, it's there is some revisionist history taking place here that benefits Rachel, Mm -hmm. understandably so. That's how it's going to go. But it it makes for a potentially nuanced take, albeit not necessarily in the ways that either of them anticipated or maybe hoped for. Oh, my God. Bethany reads, Nicole, Bethany reads like all the stuff that was said to Raquel during the reunion. Ooh, (laughs) ooh. And I mean, I will say that at the end of the reunion, and especially that last five minutes of Raquel, Rachel, people were just like, yes, yeah, starting to have a moment of like, maybe it's too much. Yeah, for, you know what I, I, mean? I think that and, for sure. And hearing it fully isolated was with Bethany albeit, delivering it. I'm sure uh, it was on the albeit again, Bethany delivering it. It was still like, you know, yikes. They really. It was a, a massacre. <laughs> they really did just attack, attack, attack. But yeah. Rachel, Raquel had the voice to be able to even explain like where she was coming from. Like, I don't know if she could have had a dialogue. Not to say they shouldn't have just let her be attacked the whole GD time, but I don't know if she could have even come back and they could have come to any kind of conclusion. I mean, the thing is, what could have happened? It's like, yeah, she did something that was bad and hurtful and wrong. And so it's like, okay, so then where do we go from here? Yeah, we can keep telling you that until... Mm-hmm. But, it, but that's just not how people work. They, we want someone to be like, and I'm, and I'm so sorry, and I'll never do it again. It's just like, 
there's not really anywhere to go. And I think the problem was the problem that Bethany and Rachel and Bethany's therapist who sort of cameos in this um, (laughs) by Bethany talking about her conversation with him about it and asked him to watch the reunion or maybe the last part of the reunion I forget if you watched all three parts but um, wild they they yeah they talked about I wish it was Dr. Amador it made me just like, uh, think of Dr. Amador out. not Dr. Matt but a part of uh, what they were talking about and one of the major problems that Bethany seemed to have with the reunion cycle strategy was that it wasn't based in conflict resolution and even if prior reunions have been based or have led to moments of conflict there is the sort of idea or ideal that that there's resolution to be had mm-hmm. and the problem maybe for Bethany, maybe for the audience, potentially for production when it comes to like the creative artistic way to kind of wrap all this up is that nobody was interested in resolution. But like, yeah. that's just the reality. They're, the relationship is broken up. Right. Ariana hates Sandoval. Sandoval, I think, hates Ariana. <laughs> so mm-hmm. like, <laughs> that's something to be discussed. Mm. Rachel is there at, for a certain periods Sheena is there for certain periods because of a TRO that had been in effect at Mm -hmm. that point there were legal logistics had there been any potential for resolution I think it could have there could have been some sort of breakthrough maybe not resolution but just like rage breakthrough with Sheena and Rachel not physical but just in talking about their feelings for each other because Rachel acknowledges that Sheena was a very good friend of hers Sheena obviously has said that repeatedly but nobody you can't wasn't possible because of the TRO and it probably wouldn't have been possible anyway so it's like Mm -hmm. what do you do when nobody wants to resolve, mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe that's life. Maybe conflict resolution isn't always the goal. Maybe the goal is just finishing this up. Mm-hmm. Well, I will be watching next season with Tom Schwartz's new blonde hair. And I'm- oh, why oh does God, he have blonde that? hair? <laughs> you know, what is that? That is a cry for help. That yeah, is a cry and, and that's, for help. And that's good. Sometimes you should cry for help. Sometimes you need it. <laughs> it's true. That's true. You that's know, his way of doing yeah. it is being blonde. That's if he can't change his name, he's going to change the, you know, the hair color. If that's his Not me. I'm the blonde Tom. I would never <laughs> have done that. <laughs> I'm different. <laughs> oh, God. No, totally. Um, should we ask Sarah our famous podcast question? Yes. I can't should. believe we just got to talk housewives with Sarah Galley. Like, I feel like I. <laughs> Just talk like figure skating with Johnny Weir. Like I was just in yes. the moment. Um, that you were so in exciting. it. You were in it. I loved it. I loved it. <laughs> okay. Um. So on this podcast, which we are famously recording right now, how are you brainwashed? We ask our guests <laughs> that very question. What sort of did you grow up thinking was like? Oh, this is how the world works. This is how things are. And then over time, you were like, actually, no, that's just brainwashing. That's not real life. So, okay, I did think about this, which is how you start a conversation of convincing someone that you did actually consider. And I talked about this with a friend of mine. I was like, I don't know what it would be. And then I immediately named something as an example of what it could be. And then I was like, oh, you know what? I think that's it. And it's come up in conversation, even in the construct of talking about Bravo and talking about the setup of even the world and universe of housewives and the ways that there are sometimes exceptions to the rule. But I think the thing that many of us, especially girls, were brainwashed about was that the significant part of your life or the absolute part of your life that would occur would be getting married, was be mm-hmm. the idea of having the like very stereotypical style, beautiful, white, puffy dress kind of shenanigan and being a part of the wedding industrial complex, which I remember when I was a little kid, I would go over my grandma Jean's house and would draw like little pictures. And they were always of ladies in ball gowns and like just kind of like drawing coloring. And there was always some sort of wedding theme. It was always the idea Mm. that when I grow up a part of maturing Mm. and maybe a part of connection or romance or love or whatever else must always involve a wedding, which is like different from a marriage, but like the marriage is also a part of it. It's like mm-hmm. this thing that happens that symbolizes, I don't know. I don't know that I guess adulthood. I, mm-hmm. I don't know. That was kind of the thing that I that I was thinking about a little bit. Absolutely. Totally. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's a hard one to really break yourself out of. I, I 
you know, it's similar to like, you know, I say this as a six month pregnant woman having children. It's just Mm -hmm. like, this is what we do. This is the only steps that we can do to progress in life. These are the benchmarks we hit. We wear white dress, we have baby, and that's how you know you have matured. I was just talking to a friend who's like, no, not sure if she wants to have kids and like not sure if she wants to get married. And she's had a long-term partner for like 12 years and all of that. Wow. And she was like, I told her that part of when I was in couples therapy with my husband and we were working out, you know, the kid part of it, it was sort of like, we're so brainwashed to believe it's the next step, Mm -hmm. next how to level up. And I was sort of like, what if, if we don't have kids, what is the next step? What does our level up look like? That Yeah. How do I know I'm moving forward? Yeah, because there are millions of other ways you can know you're moving forward that have nothing to do with wedding or kids. But for women, we're stuck. (laughs) We're really still, it's very hard to get over, but it's like, there are so many things. We were like, we could go buy a house upstate, renovate it, create an artist (laughs) community, like start an artist retreat, make a movie, you know, like things like that that are like just as cool, (laughs) if not. Totally. (laughs) It was very hard, like, when the time came for me to actually, like, get married. Everything was like, okay, well, do I really want this? Do I really care about this? Or do I just care about it because I think that I'm supposed to? Or I, like, every decision, I really had to go through it in that way because it was so hard to know what I wanted mm-hmm. or even cared about like because the call was never coming from inside the house I just never got mm-hmm. to really be like what okay maybe I care about photos and wearing a pretty dress but maybe I don't care about flowers and fucking goodie bags like and and that's okay it's so hard and then I would feel like weird if I like wanted to do the things and I was like okay yeah I'm, and I'm just gonna wear a stupid white dress and I'm gonna look so <laughs> dumb and that's what we all do it's uh, it's just a fucking mind fuck and it still I... is it's it's still used as an idea of like what does commitment look like if you don't do this thing then what's wrong with right. you like why won't you why won't you make the commitment of living a specific life that I have an idea of why aren't you willing to to do that it's still it's used in the world of bethany talking about vpr that tom and ariana weren't married didn't have kids right. it's used an ex- as an example of why they weren't committed even though they had a house allegedly share some sort of fucked up mortgage like were partners in business castmates on a tv show you know seemingly connected to each other long term thinking about having kids but they weren't married so it didn't count Right. What a stupid fucking take. It's such a, <laughs> it's just, like, truly, like, what year are we in, babe? Like, figure it out. I know. They were a brand. In a way, that's almost worse and harder to <laughs> stop than a marriage. Do you know what I mean? Like, part of why they were still together, like, they almost had more golden handcuffs than marriage, I would say, because they we were also lose money if we fall out of yes. love. Usually yes. you just get to fall out of love and not lose money. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, you have a divorce or whatever, but like they have to go through the court of public opinion and all of that if they decide to part ways. Like to me, that's almost worse. <laughs> Imagine if my husband and I were a brand. <laughs> Gross. I'll never be do in a band with a man. I say do it. Maybe that's a lesson to learn. Get a graphic put together. <laughs> figure That's something out for social this... i'm into it hashtag it <laughs> my husband and i are a brand hashtag sick <laughs> <laughs> the brand is like quite literally my husband and i are a brand incorporated <laughs> llc i'm into it i love it i was like at a pool by myself this is okay luxurious <laughs> or sad i can't decide <laughs> it was nice i was visiting my in-laws and i went to go get a massage by myself and I was in the pool beforehand and there were these three girls in the pool all shit talking one of their acquaintances or friends, which is my favorite. I was like, oh, I get to watch reality TV. And one of them was like, yeah, I don't really get what she's doing. She like spent all this money to rebrand, but I don't even know what she's trying to sell or say. And I was like, oh, my God, to be shit talking someone's rebranding is like (laughs) one of the best things the I darkest timeline. <laughs> <laughs> Do 
I know. And what does rebranding mean? Is that like changing your filter on Instagram and like joining Valencia from whatever the fuck other filter there is? Because I literally cannot Paris or something. I don't know. I truly cannot even name a second one. Like, what is that? What does a brand look like? It's the, the ways that we identify ourselves as a unit. Like, we, the Tom and Ariana example could be one of them. But at the end of the day, everyone is just trying to create their own persona. It's just on a bigger platform if you're on Vanderpump Rules. Well, yeah, if you're on a reality show, that's part of your job is like brand and sell, you know, or they're all attempting to brand and sell. And some of them are successful and some of them are not. I love to see the unsuccessful ones personally, but yeah, I don't know. They were like, yeah, she paid a photographer to like come on her vacation and (laughs) stay in the Airbnb with them. And I was like, oh, no. Whoa. Yeah, so it could be worse. <laughs> I digress Stay in the from Airbnb marriage. with them. That like <laughs> yeah. she was there. Was she there on like a couple's trip? This stranger who we literally don't know, but need to try to figure out a way to how to investigate. Like she. So when they say they were in a Airbnb, so it was like her and like a platonic. Her. Um, I think her family. Wow. I think she was if rebranding I ever as mommy. suggested. Oh. Oh. Okay. This is how young I think I am. That I was like, wow, my parents would not be. <laughs> <laughs> I immediately think I'm the kid on vacation with mine, but as opposed to like, yeah, I guess it sounds like she's married and has kids and that is technically considered a family. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Wow, 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 wow. Well, another time we have to get into the brainwashing of the family vlogger. Like, what? Don't you keep your kids offline? Put the emojis over their faces. Don't do that. Whatever that is, I don't think that's good. Do you think that Instagram and social media has made like the wedding industrial complex worse? Totally. I think, <laughs> I mean, like hashtag weddings and shit. Like, it's right. it, definitely, I think Instagram has made. A lot of things potentially worse, definitely, but absolutely more complicated because the ways we even try to show the level of possible like perfection or whatever else you throw in a wedding in there and money and capitalism. And it's like, how much do I have access to? What do I have access to? Like the the amount of money it requires to tell a story in the way that it, it's an ultimate, it's like seemingly the ultimate competition, which makes getting married even more chaotic and expensive than it already is. It's a, I would think it's a lot of pressure for people who show their lives in that way, which everybody does to some extent. Right. But if like your job is showing your life and you're getting married, you got a nightmare. You got to really ooh, amp I it mean, up. People who are getting fucking proposed. It's like a goddamn has to be a viral moment or something that's like interesting and romantic and like just like us, like the lives that we've presented thus far. I mean, even every though step prom of the proposal way. is a thing. Like, is that really a thing? Yes, promposal. Like re- no, 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 like, no. That's a thing that the children do. <laughs> children. <laughs> that is so much. I mean, I was just like, God, I have to give $50 to like share the limo. <laughs> I went, I had the best prom dates, both gay men, like really, truly <laughs> lived my out. absolute best life. Shout out to Artie and Dave. But yeah, it's like, it's an, I just all of it. All of it is so, Instagram and social media, I, I would assume complicates things, especially in, you know, making this day as perfect as humanly possible, which is a literal impossible challenge. Right. Yeah. Oh my God. Remember Sheena's wedding to Shay <laughs> and that Oh my God. Planner. I watched it again recently. <laughs> I watched it again recently. Sheena was such a bridezilla. It was fantastic <laughs> television. I do have to say that even though Stassi said she looked like a piece of shit, the crop top holds up over time. Like if you look ahead of at its that time. outfit now, it was a little mm-hmm. bit ahead of its time. I was like staring at it. And I think her aunt, like, helped her. She created either the top or the crop or the bottom. I don't know what she did, but she did a great job. It was, like, genuinely not – it was not poorly done. I'll say that, which – Yeah. I mean, she looked – the makeup was a lot, but, like, the the dress itself or or style, vision or whatever was okay, but she really was a nightmare that day. She truly, at multiple (laughs) points – stopped music and was like we're gonna pretend that didn't happen 
we need to restart it so I can like enter at like the 16th beat. Otherwise, this whole grand vision of how romance and music play together won't make sense. And it's like, sweetie, none of this makes sense. That's it's a wedding. Like, I know. But how can we <laughs> expect people to go with the flow when we are telling them their whole lives? This is the most important day you'll ever have. It's like you know they want to be in control yeah i mean people just gotta let it go like shit happens i know that but i'm just saying you know, don't blame <laughs> sheena know. for society <laughs> i would never i ride or die for sheena it's all happening you know <laughs> absolutely all happening. and then i'm also very obsessed with the people that get huge um wedding pictures printed and put around their house <laughs> that to me is just an aesthetic choice that I so <laughs> cannot resonate with and I just think it's very interesting yeah. I had a New Year's Eve from hell several years ago I was in a relationship with someone who told me I was the one by the way after a week and a half they said a week in they were like I think I'm falling in love with you two weeks in we can have and they were like you're the one I am in love with you. And I was like, what the fuck is happening? But then obviously that did not, that was not my forever love. But we went for New Year's Eve. He suggested that we go on a double date with his two friends who were newly married, maybe like within a year. I actually don't even know how long they've been married. I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt and saying that they were newlyweds. They might not have been. And everything was wedding. We went to their apartment after and it was like Christmas tree ornaments, had their wedding photo like everything in their house was like a photo of them getting married I get like that was their brand like it is now interior design and you should yeah. put up a, obviously there should be some sort of like whatever you can put up whatever the fuck you want but like everything was identified as being like a photo of like the happy bride and groom I wanted to die I literally essentially had a tantrum at one point and was like get me the fuck out of here I can't talk about this anymore your wedding yeah, is not home year. decor. Have one <laughs> small Truly. little picture on a desk, and that's okay. Or two, honestly, yeah. or two, but it can't be every. It can't be everything. Certainly not every yeah. Christmas ornament. That is too much. <laughs> oh my! God. It wasn't everyone, but it was. It was enough, and it was enough of <laughs> other stuff. Like I don't remember if there was a pillow, but there could have been a pillow. Oh, it was just... a blanket. Uh, you know. Oh my god. It was so much. It was so much. Yeah. <laughs> we got a book. And it's yeah, on our coffee table. a book table. is perfect. And if we have a book. Oh, my we God. we ever want to look at pictures of it, we ha can flip open our book. Yeah. And, and then you put it away. we did. <laughs> and no one has to. It's not. You know, this is my. Our kitchen is sort of yellow themed. And our living room is sort of our wedding themed. <laughs> it's like. Uh, those are my home decor choices. Oh, oh my god. god. I have a, like, a bunch of shit with my dog on it. My dog is my wedding. Oh, basically. yeah. Your dog oh, is yeah, your no, wedding. We, yeah. We fully support. There's too yeah. much stuff in my apartment that's my dog themed, and that's a problem. <laughs> and honestly, knowing that is the first step, and sort of, <laughs> I'm glad you got there, and we'll see what happens. <laughs> I just want to know, Sarah, do you want to say anything on the record about having attended school for musical theater? <laughs> I attended school for musical theater. I have friends who have Tonys and shit. It's incredible. I always say uh, that I went to school for thoughts and feelings, and I'm so glad yes. that I did because I think being able to feel comfortable being uncomfortable and expressing vulnerability is incredibly helpful with long-form podcasts and writing and probably just being a human person in this world who's like constantly looking for ways to connect I think that's uh, I'm very happy that I did I'm very happy that I went to school for musical theater I love that we went to acting school but without the singing and dancing element um because we Where are not talented in go? that way <laughs> we have other gifts um but not singing and dancing <laughs> we we went to NYU Tisch Oh, great. Oh, okay. Yeah, so you're fancy. It's fine. I love that. I love it's, that. For yeah, you. It's, I love it's, it's, it's for what you. it is. And <laughs> it's a mixed I bag was right for across sure. the way. I was right across the way on the Upper East Side with some people who got into NYU and couldn't afford it. I did not. I did not apply. I never would have gotten in. But um, it was, you know, I mean, we love going to school in New York City. That was a definite experience. The city's my campus. <laughs> That's what I said. 
I was Washington such an Square asshole. Park is our quad. Yeah. <laughs> when like people would move to New York after college and they'd be like, let's go out. I was like, no, honey, I'm 22. I've been going out in these streets for years. I'm just I'm tired now. Everyone came with so much energy and I was already like a divorcee vibe at 22. But. Oh, my God. Yeah. Are you glad that you were a theater major? Or are you glad that you that was Yes. Your... I mean, I do still unfortunately act. <laughs> so phenomenal. <laughs> we love. I mean, we we stand. We stand. Um yeah, I mean, ultimately it gave me my best friends and also, you know, helped me feel comfortable in my own skin and that's sort of important for my life. So, on the whole happy about it. Did you go to graduate school or did you No. No. Yeah. That that felt uh, <laughs> At this point, I was like, I got, I mean, you want me to sit in an air conditionalist room More and do Shakespeare? I'm like, kill me. Not for me. I respect everyone's path. But no, I feel like I got it. You know, it's like, how much can we really learn at this point? Yeah. Did you, yeah. Sarah, did you go to grad school? No, I thought my senior year of college, I was like, what the fuck am I doing? And I knew and I was right. I was right then. And this is the result of that, that if I didn't go to graduate school right after undergrad, I was not going to go. Yeah. And that is what happened <laughs> because I knew that I didn't want anything related to as much as I loved, you know, undergrad and thoughts and feelings. I didn't mm -hmm. want to pursue any kind of like graduate school in that field. So I thought at one point that I would go to law school and I called my dad, who's it slash was a litigator and said, you know, I'm thinking about going to law school. And he was like, oh, OK, you want to practice law? And I was like, not particularly. Nope. I want to do other things. And I think a law degree would help me with that. And he said, mm -hmm. do not go to law school if you do not <laughs> plan to practice law. And then I looked, I think, at one point at Columbia's school of fucking something or other. It was like a Gallatin style thing mm -hmm. where you got to kind of choose your shit. And I sat in on a class at whatever point And, you know, I just started producing I, I started producing in college and worked on that for several years after graduating and graduate school just never factored in I do kind of regret it though I think now and again mm. should I actually like just go back and get a fucking master's and whatever but like that's the problem I don't know what I would get it in so why go life is long you know that's so true if you feel called and also you know you could probably just take a class and something that you're interested in <laughs> like Cool, cool, cool. We've the skipped whole over thing. grad school and I'm now in continuing ed. I am so thrilled, <laughs> so thrilled about this next chapter in my life. Don't knock it till you Love tried it. it. <laughs> Agree. I just like, can't, can't wrap my head around like writing a paper again. <laughs> it's just like, can I do it? I don't know. That are you that is are you like freaking out about having to help your child with homework? That feels so stressful. That <laughs> oh feels like, and, like the most stressful part of now. parenting. Yeah. What's the new math thing fucking called? It's like math for new people. Like it's like <laughs> new math. Like it's like they do math new, math. new now. It's like they, not. Oh God. They're going to have to figure that out on their like own. I can't do. Of, there's some I couldn't sort of do like old name math. for it. There. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I like, couldn't do old math. Tr tr uh, there's there's new math. There's we don't know math. Like, there's new math. No, no, no. It's like <laughs> like trigonometry or something. It's no, no, like, no, it's no, like no. Some kind of fucking like new math. New math. Core. That. Yeah, like some core math or something. Some, it's like there's, some fucking there's a new like. Math. Gonna Google count new. to ten <laughs> and then never do that again because that's not how we do things from now on. Like it's like it's nuts. It's truly it's it's a wild. I nannied for a couple of years, and when it came to like any kind of mash shit, I was like, "You, I hope you paid attention because yeah, good luck. I, there's nothing I can help you with when it comes to this. Like, truly nothing." Huh? Yeah, I know. I, 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 I'm gonna have to do a deeper dive. New math is not really <laughs> just not giving me the results. New math you want. is not really <laughs> giving me what I'm looking for, but. Yeah, I don't know. I can't help them. I told Graham like I was horrible at crafts. Like any projects that involved crafting oh, as yeah. a child I hated because I just wasn't it wasn't my forte I'm sure. an actor you know what I mean so I was like <laughs> you're gonna have to fucking build dioramas and do po like science project posters oh, and all that God. bullshit like Tire. and they always knew when you didn't put in effort I was like how do they always know I like, know <laughs> so difficult yeah that's tough my stuff. parents that's tough stuff. couldn't couldn't help me either. My parents weren't crafty, so it was sort of just like me doing my best and getting B's and C's because I couldn't draw. It's not fair. <laughs> Whoa, so it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> 
We're working through some stuff. This is good. Yeah. This is healthy. <laughs> this is healthy. <laughs> wow. I can't believe I haven't brought up crafting and therapy yet. And I, I, next, next I'm session. sure next Thursday she'll get an earful. <laughs> She's totally. on her summer break. Oh, <laughs> They're all on their summer break. They're all on their summer break. Oh, in August. <laughs> they all That's... flee. They all go to like Maine and shut off all communication from all of us for like two weeks. I love and that you know what that is? That's a healthy boundary. They say, enough <laughs> of you. I need three weeks to myself. Leave me alone. I love that. Truly. Yeah. Good for them. No, it's good for them. Good for them. Good for therapists and other folk all over the place. They deserve to go to a little beach or whatever and yeah. I guess talk to each other, thoughts and feelings of just Yeah. Say what, what's going on in industry. my own marriage for for a change. <laughs> <laughs> Who do I resent <laughs> this time around? Truly. Um, <laughs> Jenny, should we, should we play our last game? You want to explain the game? Yes, I shall explain the last game, which is the last and, and also the only game. The only game <laughs> I always say last game, the last segment that is a yes. game. Yes, there we go. It's called casting, and essentially, what we do is pick a category and then cast ourselves and each other within that category. So what that means is if we're doing the Wizard of Oz characters, I look at Nicole and I say, Nicole, you're giving me Scarecrow vibes <laughs> because of XYZ. No, I'm just... <laughs> yeah, you're example. just... Okay, it's an example. It's an, I'm not really Scarecrow. Okay, fine. Okay, okay. Um, Yeah, Sarah, you're a Tin Man and I'm Cowardly Lion. And I would explain sort of why I feel all of those things. And it's based on sort of your essence, your vibe. Yeah, and we um, know that like we are meeting for the first time, so we don't sort of <laughs> think that you have any real core knowledge of us, and that's okay. <laughs> sort of yeah. mirrors, you know, casting. You walk into a room. What are, sort of what do we get immediately from you? Yeah, yeah. First impression. Um, do you have any categories in mind, or should we come up with one as a community? We could come up with one as a community. I was thinking house husbands. Cool. Oh my god! Is that going to be so hard? From from anywhere or from a location? Uh, I think we should say anywhere. House husbands from anywhere. I think I am down, Sarah. How do you feel about this? How do you feel? Um, <laughs> yeah, let's do the house husbands. But I would actually sort of be curious what you, which house husband you'd think I would be, because I don't really know offhand. That's I'm so used to thinking of housewives. Uh, yeah, house exactly. Is actually, a really smart idea that is very creative. Okay, so let's all take a second and go in our little minds and sort of think who we might be and who each other might be. And feel free to reference your phone, which is what I'm about to do. We don't need to do that. Oh my god! Oh, you. I know, but I sometimes <laughs> you, need you to write need it to, down. But that's okay. Oh, to write it I down. Know, I'm I'm newer than you guys. Oh, I I am locked in. It's not a competition. I'm just. I just, um, you know, want to say that there's not a lot of good choices, so no one be offended. <laughs> yeah, no, this isn't. It's not an indicator of anything except. I don't actually think you guys are any of these men. <laughs> just sort of gut what Dang. spoke to me as I looked at the list. Okay, okay, housewife husbands. I will go first. Jenny, I gave you Frank Catania. Is this Jersey? No, it's Jersey. One. So you so okay. you don't know, but he oh, is just fuck. big, lovable, dumb oaf. Just kind of <laughs> has a, a sexually charged vibe with his ex-wife and uh and loves oh. to do a little razzing of the people around him, just like a he's a big galoop and, and we all love him. And I just feel <laughs> you to me are Frank Catania. Sarah, to me, you are without a doubt Greg Leakes. Oh, you, yeah, kind of you. That's you so are kind of you. Wise, wise, wise. Wow. Such a joyous presence, a light, a voice of reason in a jungle of chaos. Um, <laughs> just a just a true gem. You are Greg Thank Leakes you. to me. Thank and you. This is the I. I, I really feel strongly about that. And I did ultimately give myself Simon Van Kempen. Oh, 
I feel sort of, I want to be in the mix. I want to wear a leather pant and have my own song. And just, I, I want to get in there and spend money I don't have. And, uh, <laughs> and you know, look for my wife in the paper. And he just likes to get in the mix. I didn't feel like Peter Thomas, I also was playing around with for me. But he wanted to get in the mix a little too much. But mm. Simon just was here to have fun. And so I identify ultimately as a Simon. I love that. Nicole, I gave That's you Simon. <laughs> yeah. I gave you Simon. Oh, my God. I just feel like, yeah, he was basically a he cast was a member. <laughs> he was a housewife. And I just, like, love that he was into style. They were like, yeah. we're cooler than you guys. We're in Brooklyn. <laughs> yeah, wow. That's amazing. We're in a Speedo to the beach. Just like, yeah, this is who I am. <laughs> if it grosses you out, if you don't like it, it's sort yeah. of no skin off my back. I'm fucking having a great marriage and living my life. Yeah, wow. Okay, I gave you Simon. Thank you. Um, Sarah, <laughs> I give you Harry Hamlin. <laughs> I just oh, like... he was on my list. <laughs> Thank, you so Thank you so much. Class act, you know, yeah. how he's managed to survive that. being Lisa Renna's husband for this long. Who <laughs> knows? But I love that his brand is like just sauce. <laughs> he makes yeah. a good sauce. <laughs> he has a nice dinner. He's always just sort of hanging out. He seems like he's a good dad. I don't know. And he likes Lisa Renna. Like, and yeah, he's handsome with glasses. You know, I just—you're giving me full handsome Harry with Hamlin. glasses. I love oh it. Oh my god, I love it. I'm so appreciative. I'm so appreciative. For me, I gave myself PK. <laughs> I feel like PK is. I just love that. A wild like card. He's also always in the mix and yeah. like high a lot. I feel he's always just sort of like drinking a martini. <laughs> And high and hanging out and getting involved. And I could see that for me, for sure. So Real yeah. silly Billy energy from PK. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, just cracking jokes and, like, eating nuts in the corner. That's what I see when I see PK in my mind. <laughs> Obsessed. Okay, Sarah, where um, did you land? I think, Jenny, I have for you Joe Benigno, Marge's husband, just a great partner, great person who provides the kind of support and humor that is incredibly helpful on New Jersey mm, when yes. things can get a little like too hot in the kitchen. I feel like he's able to diffuse and kind of translate in a way. And he also, I think, understands the danger of trying to be a star married to a star a la Marge. So yes. I think in life he has learned how to be his own complete person in a way that is incredibly healthy and positive to see in the world, which I think is I mean, Joe Benigno is a rare, wonderful diamond oh, when it comes absolutely. to personality. So total hopeful, total hopeful compliment to you. I'm going to do you. another Jersey type because this is someone who I have a lot of appreciation for. Again, another compliment. And bear with me on this because I actually think this is a delight. A little Rich Wakili energy because Rich Wakili is hilarious incredibly funny, very smart. We never really understood the money of making a mega mansion, but he owns like a <laughs> Cumberland Farms. Like we never really got there, but like very successful, devoted to his wife. Absolutely. Incredibly powerful when it came to defending his wife, which was not always happening on NJ, uh, BCC, yeah. the Judy J. Judice Judices. So oh Rich Wakili, I miss him. I wish he would come back. He was another singular personality in a different way. He had the sparkle. He had like a little bit of a and he liked being on TV. He yeah. liked to perform. Mm -hmm. And that's not a bad thing. No. Yeah. Love that. Know yourself. Like Rich Wakili knew himself and Absolutely. knows himself. I'm talking like he's died because he's no longer <laughs> on my TV screen. So like same difference. <laughs> um, and then for me, I'm going to just continue with NJ and say this is a hope and a dream. I do probably see a little PK in myself. But Chris Lorita was, oh. you know, Albie. Albert Manzo, an icon, I put him up in there in the top five with Bobby Zarin. 
Chris mm-hmm. Lorita, while probably very different to me from personality, was grounded in a way at times mm-hmm. of conflict. And I'm probably both sides of the coin, Jacqueline and Chris, where I can like get up all into a fluster, but also remember that this is not everything. There's also a tomorrow. So maybe it's an identifier. Maybe it's a hopeful promise to myself, a little bit of a prayer. <laughs> But Chris Lorita, I just think he was grounded and sincere in a way, and I think honest in a way that I yes. uh, I hope to be. So, um, so that'll be how I choose to identify. I love it. Jersey oh. all around, baby. Jersey all around, baby. I, mean. I love it. <laughs> how can we not? How can we not? How can we not? This has been so fun. I, I mean, <laughs> what a dream guest. Thank you so much. Sarah, <laughs> tell oh my God, all the listeners how to keep up with you. Where yes. can they find you? Well, first off, thanks to both of you for having me. This was a total delight and I enjoyed every minute of it. And now I'm going to think about fucking weddings again. My God, after <laughs> what what have I learned from this? I need to have a little uh, moment of reflection. But you can listen to Andy's Girls and taking it personally on the same feed linked everywhere. It's a combination of what I like to say. I on the Fix My Life in C-SPAN really connecting to the psychology behind the housewives on Andy's girls and other forms of TV on taking it personally. And you can read shit I've written or whatever and do other stuff by following me on Instagram and threads at Dame Galley. And thanks to you both again for such a lovely introduction and wonderful conversation. And now I'm just going to think and dream about Chris Larita, who is <laughs> what a man, what a man, another what a man, dream what a man. boat. I mean, not to say I am, but I guess I just did. So there we go. (laughs) We dedicate this episode to Chris Lorita. (laughs) 